the VO Meter, measuring your voiceover progress. Whether you're a veteran voice actor, just starting out, or don't even know how to set a level, we're here to help you avoid the pitfalls along your voiceover path to success. The VO Meter is brought to you by Voice Actor Websites, Vocal Booth To Go, Global Voice Acting Academy, JMC Demos, and Sennheiser. The VO Meter is produced in part using Source Connect, made by source-elements.com. And now, your hosts, Paul Stefano and Sean Daly. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 63 of the VO Meter. Measuring your voiceover progress. Today, it's going to be all things Mini Mavo 2020. So, Paul and I are going to share our experiences, some highlights from the conference, and you're going to hear from some of the other attendees as well. Yes, indeed. We were welcomed back for a third time as podcast partners of the Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver Conference. Thanks again to Val Kelly and all her team for letting us do our thing, this time virtually. And as always, we had a great time. Well, speaking of virtually, that actually worked out best for me because I wasn't able to join you last time in 2018. That's right. We actually tried to replace you. <laughs> we, had, uh, Ken, <laughs> we had Ken Foster. Failed, thank goodness. <laughs> We had Ken Foster join us on site and do some interviews and, and helping with moving moving equipment and stuff. And I remember you you thinking, oh, no, is this an evil, nefarious plan to replace me? Uh, it was, but it didn't work, like, like you said. Been, <laughs> could have seen, sent me a pink slip or something. But anyways, uh, no one can replace my charisma. But... <laughs> But no, Ken was fantastic. I mean, we, he was also a guest on our recent Halloween episode promoting their Wasp Woman audio production. So I hope you saw that over the Halloween holiday. But anyways, let's get to the conference themselves. Like, I got to say, I've always been impressed with Mavo. It's a smaller conference. It's Val Kelly does almost all of the work herself putting and coordinating and uh, putting this up. But it doesn't feel that way. It feels like it's a much larger event because of the quality of the content. It's just been amazing year after year. Yeah, it was the first conference I ever went to, not as in, for any industry, but for BO. And I was really impressed. And it really propelled me to seek out conferences as a way to sort of grow my business and gain more traction in the industry. Because then I started going to almost all of them. And it's all thanks to the experience I had at the first Mabel I went to in 2016. We should probably thank the rest of the team because while Val does do a lot of it herself, she did have some help this year from Patrick Kirshner, Leon Warkenton, and Grant Kenny. So thanks to all of them for, for helping out. Grant's been there, I think, almost since the beginning. And Patrick and Lillian mm -hmm. were new this year. They've been attendees for a while, but this is the first time they were helping on the team. So thanks to those people. That's great. And a couple of things I wanted to touch on. People who listen to the podcast know that we're a big fan of industry conferences. And as we said before, they can be, they can be intimidating and they can be inaccessible for people because of the cost or because of the travel or the time commitments. But as we've been saying, just having things virtually really kind of opens things up to people whether like those restraints aren't there anymore so now is the best time to go and mavo is great or conferences like mavo because of the smaller size i've talked to a number of the attendees who've like oh, i'm a bit i'm really shy or i'm a bit of an introvert and this is like the perfect size to really get to know all of the other attendees not only that but to really get some good one-on-one -on -one time with some of the presenters who are extremely generous with their time yeah, I totally agree. And another great thing about this year being virtual was that even if you are someone who's local, and I am pretty close to where it normally is held, 
It's in Virginia. I live in Baltimore. Ironically, because of the studio that um, I helped uh, Val find, they were recording less than seven miles from my house, but because of the stupid virus, I couldn't go see them in person, even though I really wanted to. So they were in the Baltimore area this time, broadcasting live. But even if you are local, you could take advantage of the virtual aspect, which I did, because during um, Steve Maraboli's speech, the motivational speaker, I was sitting at a baseball diamond watching my son play baseball, <laughs> and I was still watching it on my phone. <laughs> and that was great. Otherwise, no, it worked out really... Because otherwise I would have missed that. And I have... Actually, maybe it was one of the things that I've missed several sessions for because of doing things with my family and my kids, and it's so close. I've always kind of gone back and forth and tend to miss some things. This year, I didn't miss a thing. That is too cool. And it's it's been a similar thing for me with the other with this conference and the other ones. I've, I've been teaching on Saturdays for a local arts school, and so I tend not to be able to participate in a lot of these events because they tend to be on the weekends. But since everything's recorded, I can watch everything after the fact and still take advantage of those. But... Luckily, I was able to attend some things in person, and probably one of the biggest highlights for me was the animation panel that had Eric Bauza and some of our friends of the podcast, Sarah Jane Sherman, Sunday Muse, Everett Oliver. They all did a great presentation on getting into the animation industry. What's the difference between pursuing anime and and Western-style animation? And, of course, Eric is just hilarious and wowed us all with his amazing portrayals of Bugs Bunny and Marvin Martian and all those favorite characters. Yeah, I didn't take a whole lot of notes during that one just because I was kind of, it was it was late. Basically, it was the last panel, wasn't it, of the conference, and I was kind of worn out. But I did take a couple of notes. Uh, someone asked, "Do you need an agent?" And Sarah said, "Yes." Everett said, "Yes," with rare exceptions. Uh, and a point Everett made, which I think is really important to new talent, is you want an agent to protect you in negotiations, and that's a key factor that I think a lot of people miss. A lot of people think. If I get an agent, they'll get me all these jobs and I'll make tons of money. But your agent is most important when you have a negotiation and to make sure you get the most for for your talent during a session and that you're protected against abuse, like uh, overuse, being overworked, and not being paid adequately for the job. So that's really important when you're looking for an agent. It's someone that you can that will be an advocate for you as a talent. And, by the way, it's a great way to get in good with your agent is to bring them negotiations. So even if you have something they didn't get you, a great way to be front of mind with your agent is to bring them that job and say, hey, I found this on Upwork or I was contacted from my website. Can you help me negotiate this rate? And they'll love you for it if you book it. Exactly. I mean, I've been talking about this a lot recently at one of our GVA Q&As and at a VO marketing webinar I was leading. But it's just like at all stages of your career, you want to take agency in it right? Pardon the pun. Hmm. But you want to be active in your your client acquisition and your negotiation processes. You should do that before you get an agent. And when you get one, like you were saying, you don't just become passive in the relationship. If you're finding your own clients and this opportunity comes up, you recognize it's lucrative, but you don't know what to charge. Talk to your agent about it. Get them involved. It should be a cyclical relationship, a recip- or one of reciprocity, not just top down like you jump or tell like you say jump. I ask how high. This is a partnership, right? Like, don't put your agent above yourself. Yeah, of course. So, a couple of other highlights from that animation panel. Somebody asked, of course, do you have to be in L.A.? And Sarah told us on this podcast that she loved. She she always gets that question and knew it was going to come up. So. There was actually some some varying answers, though. Um, Everett said that he auditions people from the East Coast all the time, so for animation specifically. And Eric mentioned that he and Sunday both are from Canada, 
as some of you may know. And he's seeing a ton of work in Canada right now and was, was sort of musing with Sunday, see what I did there, that um, they might be able to move back home at some point and work. And not quite yet, but it was I know, a, they sounded really optimistic. It's like, yeah. can, we, can we go back? <laughs> sort, of, sort of a wish list, yeah. And the last thing Everett said was, when you're, doing a, when you're doing an audition or a job, is to be you and smile, which is a, a great piece of advice because a lot of times we get so wrapped up in trying to work on our placement and our accent and the physicality, but what most of the uh, casting agents and directors are looking for is to be you. They want you for you. It's a bit of a wake-up call for a lot of people pursuing VO because we have that self-loathing we're dealing with. I mean, the idea that we want to put on someone else's shoes and be someone else, but honestly, they want to hear you. So what are some other highlights you, you have? I have a ton of notes here. I can go over some, but is there anything else that sticks out in your mind? Uh, let's see. I really enjoyed one of the, the extra sessions we got to attend with Angel Birch, actually. We were just kind of talking about creative marketing strategies that you can do. And then we happen to have a lot of goat owners in, on the call at the time. <laughs> so for some reason, the train derailed and we talked about how to market through our goat ownership. But anyways, that was a fun one. <laughs> I also really enjoyed being the gear snob that I am. I really enjoyed Jay Preston's uh, presentation from the booth of us about mobile rig options. So, But yeah, that, that's just the tip of the iceberg for the things that I watched and enjoyed. Some of the things um, Jay pulled out of that bag, people were saying he was like Mary Poppins with the, the carpet bag. He just kept pulling more and more equipment out of the bag. It was hilarious. <laughs> you do get creative with your, your storage space when you're traveling, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So a couple of the big highlights for me. One, um, Steve Maraboli, his epic quote, unass the couch. <laughs> so he was talking about... Are you going to get that shirt? <laughs> I want to. He was talking about being motivated and how you basically need to get your button gear and to get off the couch to unass the couch and get motivated to do what you need to do. So that was that was classic. Uh, the other not-so-great highlight, but it depends on your, your point of view, I guess, was when I accidentally did an audition live in front of the entire, the entire attendance. Did you see that? No, I didn't. What happened? <laughs> well, I was sitting at my desk, and I got an audition from, I think it was from an agent, so... I just jumped in the booth and Uh-oh. started talking, and I forgot to hit mute on on um, on Zoom. <laughs> so I did the whole audition, and then I came back in, and I think I've mentioned before, my booth is, is I can't see the, the computer where the booth is. I can see my monitor, but I usually don't look at it when I'm, when I'm reading. I just hit record and walk in. So I came out, and everyone's talking about me, and they're saying, you know what? It's a little pitchy. Uncle Roy's like, yeah, I think I would have done it a different way. And 75 to 80 <laughs> people were giving me live feedback, and... Um, and it was okay. I mean, most of oh, the people great. I know from, from the industry, so I wasn't really embarrassed. But it was a great way to get free feedback from all the coaches and presenters that were on the call. For sure. <laughs> and then it was for, I think, can I say what it was for? No, I probably don't. Uh, it was for a large drug company. So somebody said, um, well, you know, if he books that X company here, we're all going to feel like idiots now. Because <laughs> I think several <laughs> other people had the audition. Uh, it was hilarious, hilarious, though. Uh, some other highlights. So JMC did a presentation, and he talked about some different styles of, of reads, and he gave some examples of how to describe them in layman's terms. So he was talking about the straight conversational, and he said, it's kind of like, if you like it, great. If not, move on with your life. I thought that was the perfect sentence to describe how you really need to approach that, because it does sometimes sound like you're disinterested when you get it right. Uh, mm-hmm. Then there's the bored, flat, jokingly maniacal Xanax read. He described it. <laughs> maniacal Xanax read? Yeah. What? Which is utterly devoid of inflection, intention, or sell. And he said, if it feels re- weird, then you're doing it right. 
<laughs> and then he talked about celebrity references in auditions, which we all get. And he said, you have to take it as an inspiration. It's meant as an inspiration not to be a copycat, unless it specifically says sound-alike. Then it's meant to be an inspiration, and then you create your own character from there. And then Brilliant. he said, for commercials, I'm generally always going to do two takes, three if I can get away with it. Now, what get away with it means to him might be different than what it means to you, but I thought that was interesting that he's always going to do two takes because not a lot of people, including me, do that all the time. Well, here's something to touch on, because Sarah Sherman has a similar philosophy. If you're going to do multiple takes, make sure they sound different. From an objective standpoint, too. Don't just be like, oh, did you hear that little flourish on the instead of the? No, make it distinct. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, some other highlights, the demo panel, which I thought was fantastic. It had Dan Friedman, AJ McKay, Roy Yokelson, and they talked about what makes a good demo. Dan said it has to start with talent, should represent you honestly and truthfully. AJ had a good description. He said, it's a good story, and the story is about you. So it should create a whole feeling of a story within the demo. And Roy, which I thought was mm. kind of interesting, said, drastic EQ changes are a distraction. We don't want to detract from the talent. And then somebody mm. said, what is demo-ready? It was a question from the audience. And Dan said, any talent that is demo-ready should be able to walk up to the microphone on the first take and give a take that is plausible or passable. I might have, I might have mistyped that. Plausible or passable. Usable. <laughs> and certainly on the third read, you should be able to deliver what we are looking for, which is a great litmus test, I think, um, because it's, that's how it's going to be in a live session when you, when you book a job. If, you can't, if it takes 10 takes to do a, to do a job, they're going to not hire you again. Um, mm -hmm. AJ said, a good demo producer will stop and say, let's give this a little more time, pointing out what we know to be true, that the, the good demo producers won't work with somebody who isn't ready. And mm -hmm. Roy said along those lines, if I have to give a line read, they're not ready. <laughs> and um, awesome. then when they say no, is a, a, another reason they would say no, so if someone's not ready, Roy said, sometimes you have to tell somebody when they shouldn't, be, shouldn't even be in this business. <laughs> I've ahead. heard coaches and demo producers have opposing viewpoints on it, like, is it our responsibility to tell people whether or not they should pursue this? And I, I don't have an answer. I'm just, I'm just intrigued. Yeah, apparently Roy thinks it is, which is not surprising. Roy tells it like it is, which is great. And some, mm -hmm. someone asked, how do you say, when do you say no to somebody? And Dan said, every week, <laughs> because he's, he's always turning people down. Um, That's awesome. And then I guess I kind of forgot JMC was part of this panel because I have a quote from him, too. Um, he said, don't let a producer bully you. You're the customer at the end of the day. So it talks about that relationship that it should be a give and take. You shouldn't have a producer that's going to just give you commands on high about how the demo should be and not listen to any feedback from you. It should be a give and take. Exactly. Like you were saying before with the agents thing, don't, don't be submissive in your own career. Take ownership of it, responsibility for it, and don't let yourself be taken advantage of. Uh, Brad Newman did a session on biz the business of voiceover. And a quote I had from him was about uh, people saying the customer is always right and bending over backwards to, to, to work with the customer. He said, the customer is usually misinformed, meaning that the, the reason <laughs> a lot of clients come to you with lowball rates and usages that are just completely out of touch, like in perpetuity, it's because they're uninformed. And Brad takes the tact of teaching as a way to get better clients and work with them on a long-term relationship. He said, look at, the, look at the business through the lens of every small business owner. Market like you're not just in voiceover. So think of yourself as, as any other business, the, 
the shoe salesman, the local deli, the uh, the plumber, the the guy that mows your lawn. They should be operating like every other business and think of marketing that way. Tacking on to the marketing train, um, I, this was the first time that I actually got to see the VO strategist himself, Tom Deere's presentation. And man, I just blown away, face melt, like the dude from The Last Crusade. It was amazing. Uh, <laughs> and one thing that really stuck with me that I wanted to share was he talks about, do not think of your voiceover business as vertical, like constantly working to climb your way to the top to reach the, the pinnacle of success or whatever. Think of your business as spherical, as an ever-expanding globe that is constantly accruing and acquiring new potential contacts, new potential clients, and all that. Because it's going to make you far less competitive, far less desperate in your marketing, and you're going to be a little bit more open to ju- to the numbers aspect of it, to building that those huge, huge numbers of potential clients so that eventually, once you funnel them through your marketing process, you're going to start leading to potential gigs. And then eventually, you're going to have so many clients, you're just going to be working all the time. Yeah, Tom's great. I had some great quotes from him as well. I had one that's, that's cheap, has nothing to do with money. It has to do with the state of mind. And cheap mm-hmm. people, cheap people want value at your expense. So keep those two things in mind when negotiating that if you if you don't value yourself, then cheap people take advantage of you. And know your value. Yeah. Uh, Tom said, having a nice voice does not make you an effective voiceover business. And he said, value, is his definition, equals professionalism plus preparedness. And then finally, right. he said, yeah. clients aren't paying you for your time. They are paying you for your value. So when someone says, but it's only a five-second tag. Why can't I pay you $5? They're not paying you for your time. They're paying you for your value. And like you said, like we have to educate our clients. We had to educate ourselves on the compensation rates for the voiceover industry. It's not a nine to five. We do not get paid an hourly rate. And it can be frustrating dealing with ignorant clients who don't know that. But again, it's in our best interest not to scare them off with their own ignorance, but just be like, hey, this is how things are done. And if you would like the quality product that you're asking for, this is what you should expect to pay. Uh, moving on, AJ McKay did a session on imaging, which admittedly I did not pay that much attention to. Not because I don't like AJ or think he doesn't have <laughs> a valuable things to say, but I've worked with him, personal coaching on imaging specifically, and he made me a demo. So I feel like I, I know a lot about what he has to say. But I did find one quote when I checked in at the end, basically just to ask him a question out of um, being snarky and razzing him. He said, um, a demo should be reflective of where you want to go, not where you've been. So you should be aspirational in your demo mm. production, working with the kind of clients you want to get with and not where you, where you are right now or where you've been. Brilliant. Dan Friedman did a session on, uh, on just reading for commercial VO, and he had people do live reads. And he had this checklist that I had never heard before, and it's basically a cheat sheet you can go back to for every script. And he, he said it's nine ways to emphasize words in a script. Um, volume, louder and softer, pitch, higher or lower, pacing, slower, faster, spacing, putting pauses before, after words or segments, and a wink and a nod. So if you're not writing that down, go back and listen again and post that on your booth so you have those nine ways to easily uh, adjust the script as you're going in commercial VO. Bridget Real spoke on, on marketing and goals, and she said, when goals are done right, they help us to track our progress and to reverse engineer goals, i.e. create a recipe. So 
or create the recipe. So you have to have the goals in front of you in order to get the end product, whether that be uh, a demo or uh, landing with an agent or a job. Make sure you create the recipe for the goal you want to reach. Uh, a couple quotes from Stanley Fisher, who I think had these directly from his vocal coach, but I'm going to quote them anyway. He said, if you can see it, there's a chance you can turn around and be it. And he always approaches every audition that he didn't get as they must not have heard it. Otherwise, I would have booked it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great way to frame your uh, thinking. That's, like, you're not rejected. That's they just must not have heard it. you can take to the bank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're busy. They must not have gotten to it. <laughs> uh, during Johnny Heller's speech, and I always pull some quotes from, from Johnny, um, the first one was kind of serious. He said, he was talking about submitting to publishers and or agents or uh, production companies. He said, follow the guidelines to the letter because, quote, if they have a list of things for you to do and you don't do it, that tells them everything they need to know about you. So follow those, those submission Maybe guidelines they- for anything to the letter. And he said, someone asked him about doing erotica, and he said, I don't do it. I assume it's because nobody wants to hear me talk dirty. (laughs) (laughs) That was my... my, Oh, man, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny's the best. I think that's all I got. Any more highlights for you before we move on to our live sound from from the conference? Just the social interactions, I think. And what was really cool was that, and I think you experienced this too, we had a lot of fans at the conference. A lot of people who had told us they had listened or benefited from the podcast. And that was too cool. Like, there are some people who are getting, like, choked up. Like, oh, my God, I'm meeting the Sean Daly. I'm like, calm down. <laughs> We're not that big. But it was great. It was, it was really fun. And I really did enjoy the social aspect this time around. Yeah, it surprises me every time. But I still... I still get a kick out of it, and uh, I just try not to be a complete schmuck and disappoint them, like by doing an audition in front of the entire attendee list. (laughs) 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 I told everybody it was my evil marketing plan. I think it kind of worked. I think so. So that's our personal recap of the Mini Mabo Mid-Atlantic VoiceOver Conference 2020. Now we're going to let you hear from the voices of the actual attendees who we interviewed throughout the conference. And then at the end, you'll hear from the Mavo Prize winner, Jessica Cooney, who was awarded the coveted prize of being on the podcast with a featured interview that's a little bit longer than the rest. So that'll be following the other interviews from the attendees over the weekend. As a voice talent, you have to have a website. But what a hassle getting someone to do it for you. And when they finally do, they break or don't look right on mobile devices. They're not built for marketing and SEO. They're expensive. You have limited or no control. And it takes forever to get one built and go live. So what's the best way to get you online in no time? Go to voiceactorwebsites.com. Like our name implies, voiceactorwebsites.com just does websites for voice actors. We believe in creating fast, mobile-friendly, responsive, highly functional designs that are easy to read and easy to use. You have full control. No need to hire someone every time you want to make a change. And our upfront pricing means you know exactly what your costs are ahead of time. You can get your voiceover website going for as little as $700. So if you want your voice actor website without the hassle of complexity and dealing with too many options, go to voiceactorwebsites.com, where your VO website shouldn't be a pain in the you-know-what. Hey, Sean, what's a vocal booth? Uh, it's an acoustically treated space to record voiceover, sing, or practice music. 
Okay, so then what's a vocal booth to go? An acoustically treated space to eat a cheeseburger and fries? No, of course not. Vocal Booth to Go's patented acoustic blankets, noise mitigation products, and portable booths are an effective alternative to expensive soundproofing. They're often used by vocal and voiceover professionals, engineers, and studios as an affordable soundproofing and absorption solution. Oh, I have it now. Actually, I've always had it. I've used Vocal Booth to Go's products for years, and I can't recommend them enough. Vocal Booth to Go. We make your environment quieter for less. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Live at Mini Mabo 2020. We're now joined by David Quiqui, who, as some of our listeners may know, is a Philadelphia native. So you feel like doing a quick Fly Eagles Fly chant before we get going, or is that too political? Uh, might be a little political, but at the same time, I don't think they deserve it. They've been doing terribly this year. <laughs> <laughs> but now David lives in Fairfax, and that's one of the reasons he's joining us here at Mini Mabo. So welcome, David. Thank you, Paul. It's been... Um... It's been a great time so far. Uh, just We've just had like two things so far, and I've just learned so much already. And uh, I miss being around VO people. This whole 2020 situation has kind of locked us all down, but I love being able to connect virtually even with everybody here. So, um, you know, thanks for reaching out. Thanks for having me here. Definitely. Well, let's learn a little bit more about you. Why don't you tell us what areas of VO you focus on and what you're hoping to get out of Mavo uh, 2020? Sure. Yeah, so I actually started VO about two years ago, and uh, Mavo 2018 was my first conference, so I was very excited to come back for 2020. I have most of my training in commercial and uh, corporate narration. Those are my first two demos that I got produced, and now I'm in the area where I'm looking to really focus in on the genres that I want to make my career out of, um, specifically with animation and video games and that type of character work. So I was really excited uh, when Val announced that the guest was going to be Eric Bauza, who is the voice of many Looney Tunes characters and even branching out into other big name franchises like Lego Star Wars, where he does Luke Skywalker and things like that. So Yeah, um, TMNT is Leonardo. Uh, oh, yeah. Some animated He's stuff. Just, He's in a lot of stuff, and it's great because also, for me, being able to see uh, a, an Asian voice actor being kind of highlighted as the keynote speaker, as, as a guest, is very uh, inspiring to me. You know, growing up, being able to see people who look like me uh, on screen, uh, in shows, and on stage, and things like that, was always like, wow, you know, we can do that too, sort of thing. Uh, and I know a voiceover, it's like you don't really see the people most of the time, but, you know with the visibility that's been coming out with, you know, who's behind the voice. I think it's amazing that, you know, I, I can have that feeling in this industry as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for wrapping that up. I'm really excited for you. And before we let you go, I thought it was too funny yesterday. People were giving you flack for being too lucky or something <laughs> like that. Okay. Could you, yeah. could you tell us that story? I would like to make the clear the board with this. All right. Let me just <laughs> tell it straight. So at the end of the Mavo uh, conferences, there's a raffle drawing and a giveaway, right? So you are given two tickets with your uh, ticket to the conference, and I only had two tickets. And you were able to purchase more tickets for a small donation, which I did not do. So I had two tickets, and I was lucky enough to win both, but everyone took it to mean I won everything. But I do have a 100% win rate when it comes to uh, Mavo <laughs> raffles, so I'm very much looking forward to Sunday night and see what I have in store for myself. Well, I feel your pain because I've I've won something at like three or out of four of the conferences I've been to. So now people are like, 
hunting for my feet. So <laughs> that's exactly what it is. They say Quiqui is not allowed to uh, win anything anymore. He's won too much. I'm like, I've won gotcha. two You've things. Met, you met your lifely quota. You deserved it at, <laughs> the, at, the, at, the, at the 2018 conference, though, because if I remember correctly, when we first met there, you were only doing any veal for a matter of weeks, correct? Yeah, I literally, in the two, three weeks leading up to the conference, I got a website set up through WordPress for free. I went to Staples, got very shoddy business cards. Oh, I've been there. I, I just got my demo like the week before, too. It was finally just like in my email. I have the MP3. I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. And uh, the two things that I won were uh, there were two one-year subscriptions, one for the voiceover network and one for Gravy for the Brain, which is perfect resources for someone who's literally just starting out. Well, Mabo was really great for that. I was talking, I think you probably heard last night, I was talking to Val about hell. I had a similar experience in Mabo 2016. I was only doing VO for a matter of about seven weeks, and that really helped to sort of catapult me and really get me in a good place where I could work on my career and move forward. So thanks to Val, as always, for a great conference. It was a great opportunity for the VO meter as well to kind of legitimize and solidify what we were doing. Yeah, and I just wanted to reinforce the fact what Paul said about this being a great conference for new people to the industry because that was my experience as well. And I know I've reached out to a couple of friends this year to get them into the mini Mavo experience because they're branching into it, they're interested into it. And it's not as big and intimidating as something like VO Atlanta, but it has just the same level of top-tier desk guests that are coming on and sharing information that you're getting at these other conferences as well. And so you're able to network more, you're able to connect with these people, and you just feel like you're part of the community even though you just set foot into it. And I love it. And I will always advocate for Mavo and all the great work that Val does in organizing this. Well said. Well, David, thanks for being here, and we'll see you at the rest of the conference. Yeah, thank you, Paul, Sean. See you around. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Live at Mini Mavo 2020. I'm now joined by Latanya J., who is a voice actor in Austin, Texas, home of the Longhorns. And we've talked last night and a little bit today, but it's good to see you again or hear you again, Latanya. How are you? Hey, Paul. I'm doing great. It's so awesome to interact with you and all the other amazing VO people here at the conference. So tell me, what's been your favorite part so far? You know... Every day I have a new favorite part, and I think today it was Eric Bauza and his animation and his backstory and the behind the scenes and just his, his story of all the amazing things that he's done, and even his family background and how it has affected him to be the amazing voice actor that he is today. Yeah, I unfortunately had to miss that because I was with my family at a soccer game like we talked about, but, you know, duty calls, what are you going to do? Absolutely, family first. But I'll rewatch the replay when I get a chance. Yeah. So it's Saturday afternoon-ish, night-ish, probably afternoon more like for you. Uh, what's something you're still looking forward to the rest of tonight and tomorrow? I am looking forward to more of the networking and actually getting to interact with some of the people who are at the conference. So quite a few of you all are actually presenters. <laughs> so it's been so amazing with this being my first VO conference ever to, you know, kind of discover who's the who, who, who's who in the room. And it is to continue to be blown away, blown away by everybody's amazing experience and background and what they're bringing to the conference. It's been truly spectacular. Yeah, that's the best part for me, too, always, is when you see people like Mark Scott and AJ and Everett Oliver and Johnny Heller all intermixing and mingling with everybody. It's really, really shows the community spirit. Agreed. So before we go, where can people find you if they want to hire you as a voice actor? 
thank you so much, Paul. And thank you for the opportunity to be here with you and your, your listeners today. They can actually go on um, Instagram at Latanya J. That's J-A-Y-E. Well, I guess I should spell the whole thing because Latanya can be spelled anyway. So that's L-A-T as in Tom, O-N as in Nancy, Y-A, and then the letter J-A-Y-E, V-O for voiceovers. And that's the uh, Instagram as well as Twitter. And then Facebook is Latanya J. All right. Well, thanks for being here on the VO Meter, and I'll see you at the rest of the conference. Sounds great. And if they want to, they can even go to the website, LatanyJ.com. Thanks so much, Paul. It's been great. Hi, everybody. Welcome live to Mini Mavo 2020. We just finished the first session with JMC, and now I'm joined by Holly Adams, who was in that session with me. Holly, how are you this morning? I'm so great. That was an amazing session. Yeah, a lot of stuff that he gave out that I hadn't even heard before. And I've done a lot of work with him. He's a sponsor of our show, actually. So we talked quite a bit, but I was taking copious notes. Me too. At least four pages. It was like everything that came out of his mouth was pure gold. I feel very lucky and excited to be a part of this Mini Mavo conference. Yeah, agreed. Me too. So tell me, it's the first thing, the first session we just had, and Val's even doing her intro to the conference coming up. But what are you most excited about in the conference? Um, more sessions like this where you can get the real nitty gritty and also connecting with fellow voice actors and um, comparing notes and some networking, but also just trying to make it through these hard times. Yeah, things are interesting for sure, especially in, in America and especially this morning. So t- where are you uh, calling in from this morning? I'm actually in upstate New York. I used to split my time between the Finger Lakes region and New York City, but now just here in the Finger Lakes region, it's beautiful and it's quiet, which is great. (laughs) Yeah, that's great for VO. And what kind of work do you specialize in? I do a lot of audiobooks and some animation and some commercial, but not as much of that. Okay. And where can folks find more about you if they want to hire you as a voice actor? Shearwater Productions. Dot com? (laughs) <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Shearwaterproductions.com. You can also look for it uh, under my name, holly-adams.com. All right, Holly, thanks for joining us this morning, and enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you, Paul. I'm sure I will. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Live on the VO Meter at Mini Mavo 2020. I'm now joined by Rosie O'Toole, who's a voice actor in Richmond, Virginia. And Rosie and I have met before, but it's great to see you again here at Mavo. Well, thank you. It's nice to see you. I think we met maybe for the first time at the last Mavo. I think it was, yeah, and then several times after that. Yes. (laughs) We talked to Uncle Roy's and uh, a gathering Everett had just outside D.C. and Maryland. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. a couple times. A couple times. J. Michael won one get-together then. Yeah. Wow. I spent more time with you than most people lately. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it's good to see you again. It's good to see you, and it's been a great conference. I feel like we have been together, even though we haven't been together in person. I know. Val's really done a great job of of making making it feel that way, making it feel like an actual conference, because it is. So what's been your favorite part so far? I really enjoyed the talk this morning, but yesterday I had a three-hour workout with Everett Oliver again, and a three-hour animation workout, and it was wonderful. It was just, you know, he's so good. And I kind of appreciate the straight talk. So as I was, you know, as we were performing and doing our bits, he was like, yes, no, yes, no. And I picked up so much, I couldn't believe it. Everett is nothing if not a straight shooter. (laughs) Isn't that the truth, right? He's like, you made me drop my pen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But, and I'm not really, I 
don't do any animation yet, but lately I've been kind of called to do it. And so I've been looking at it. And I think this that's the great thing about these conferences. They allow you to kind of look at different genres and meet people in different genres. And um, I, I wouldn't normally be doing that. Yeah, it gets you exposed Without, to things that you might not have thought about until you, yes, until you came I, to the conference. And then someone like AJ that we just finished his session says, who wants to read? And you raise your hand. And then you think, wow, that's something pretty cool. And did you notice in the chat how many people were like, I've never done this before. This is great. This might be something I'd be interested in. Um, so I, I do. I And I think Val has gotten it so well organized. Uh, I have links to everything. There are common links. I'm not looking for Zoom links all the time. So it, I really feel... Um, like this conference has gone off without a hitch on at least on my end um but i have thoroughly enjoyed it paul yeah me as well so we're about halfway through at this point we have a little bit left in saturday and then the rest of sunday what's something you're still really Mm -hmm. looking forward to well i'm doing the e-learning uh breakout at 5 30 so i've got that coming up i always pick up something from mark scott i've I, th- I had him at the last Mavo. I met him at VO Atlanta um, and heard him talk every time I pick up something from him. So I'm looking forward to that tomorrow. Yeah, that's going to be great. Seeing what little. Yes, he just um, the way he kind of formats it and it drives me. And what I really like about him is he talks about the business aspect. So I have Everett for some of the creative and we have the creative part. But then you have the Mark Scotts talking about. Oh, and Tom Deere, here's the business end of it. Let's let's talk about the real business because as creatives, that doesn't always come naturally to us. So the marketing and, and how we tie that all into doing a wacky voice for an animation or, or a video game. Right. Well, a well-rounded mm-hmm. cast of characters for sure done by Val, as always. Rosie, it's great That's to awesome. see and hear from you again. Enjoy the rest of the conference. Well, thank you very much. And thanks, Paul, for all you do. Oh, thank this you. This is great. Hi, everyone. We are closing up Mini Mavo 2020, and we are here with Seattle talent Michael Kearns. How are you doing, Michael? Doing great. How are you guys doing? Great. Thanks we for just being ran- here today. So what were some of your favorite parts about the conference, Michael? Oh, man. Uh, talk about uh, having to pick which fire hose to drink out of. <laughs> right. So much information, so much talent there in the room, You know, starting out with Angel Birch, J. Michael Collins, Uncle Roy Yokelson. Dan Friedman, A.G. McKay. Okay, now uh, you're just reading the entire list. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah, right. All right, so so speaking of, (laughs) let's talk about that. Like, what what was your personal focus for coming? Were there certain areas that you wanted to learn more about? I always like to get into the marketing, uh, but I was especially intrigued about the sessions where we could sit with a producer and actually do some reads for them and get their feedback. It's always nice uh, working with different people as coaches, because you get different perspectives, and then as directors and producers that give you still another perspective different from your mentors, and between them, they've all got different points of view as well. Being exposed to that in an environment like this conference is great because it's easy, it's relaxed, you're not under time constraints or pressure to get a project recorded. It just makes for a wonderful experience and it really helps you stretch your muscles. Yeah, one of the, the one of the, my favorite parts, and I think you were there too, is Roy, Uncle Roy, actually took that to another level, having a social last night and just letting people read and giving them live direction right on the spot with absolutely zero pressure. 
Oh, that's absolutely right. Uh, it was great because you got a broad variety of people there. There's some newbies, there's some experienced people, and then you got Uncle Roy giving his feedback. That was incredible. Awesome. I'm sure everyone's a few drinks in by then, so <laughs> that always helps. Well, yeah, you got to have lubrication to keep the engine running smoothly, right? Mm, right. It's hot toddy season. Yeah, there you go. Well, awesome. Anything else you want to share that you're looking forward to? We got the closing ceremony in a few minutes. Any prizes that you're hoping to get your hands on? Oh, any of them. I love swag. I love <laughs> Who doesn't? Swag. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... Things are going well, you know. I've got some e-learning stuff under my belt. Just uh, did one for Simeon Learning where it was really fun. Instead of the usual module one, how to chew bubble gum. First, (laughs) purchase bubble gum. Second, unwrap the bubble gum. I got to do a character named Dr. Johnson. He was a professor in Italian fresco. So I got this animated character basically to play in an e-learning module and uh, that was just a real different thing. It was a lot of fun. That is too cool. Dr. Johnson is right. <laughs> well, yes, I love Italian fresco, and I want to take the students overseas. And I definitely want to go to the Uffizi Gallery to see David. Well, Michael, before we go, where can people find you if they want to hire you to do more interesting characters like uh, Dr. Johnson? They can find me at michaelkernsvoice.com. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks for asking me, guys. Take care. Hi, everybody. Welcome back live on the VO Meter to Mini Mabo 2020. We're now joined by Dan Delgado, who's a Long Island-based uh, voice talent. <laughs> I always have to do it like that, even though it's not that accurate. Um, Dan, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How's it going on over there, Paul? Things are good here. I'm, I'm in Baltimore, if you didn't know, so I'm not too far away. And it's not? a freaking beautiful okay. day right now. Yeah. Same here. This Indian summer. Gotta love it. Yeah, it's amazing. So tell me, what's been your favorite part of Mavo so far? You know, I, I really love seeing all the people just getting together and chatting. Um, you know, probably the social elements have been the, uh, the best part. Um, of course, all the uh, different breakout sessions are fabulous but um, in learning a ton. But it's just a matter of this is such a warm industry where people really do look out for one another and are so accommodating of one another is i've never met anybody who was cutthroat and just to see it once again in this distant format to see people just talking and just having fun together is fabulous yeah even the new yorkers but i'm yeah i have to say that actually kind of surprised me uh i grew up in philadelphia and philadelphia is often described as like the new york's stepbrother or little sister that's always getting kicked around so constantly have a ship on the shoulders, hence Mm -hmm. throwing snowballs at Santa Claus and booing the president (laughs) and things like that. But when I started getting into the VO community and started coming to events in New York and doing sessions there and joined the Voice Actors of New York group that Karin and Jamie, or Karin founded, and then Jamie helps to run, and Rob uh, Morera, I found everybody there just as inviting as the rest of the country, and it was really refreshing to see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's just a great community. Yeah, totally agree. So, unfortunately, it's Sunday, and we're just about done with the conference, but is there anything you're still looking forward to this afternoon? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to the closing events <laughs> because, well, they're going to be giving away some stuff, mm-hmm. and that's always a good thing. But um, on the road recording booths, that, that seemed like a pretty cool thing to pay attention to because, you know, listen, sometimes we're traveling and we want to get something recorded, uh, whether it be a demo or – not a demo, I mean um, – 
promo or uh, an audition. Uh, so having that in your in your arsenal is definitely a good idea. Yeah, that's going to be cool. And then as you mentioned, there's the closing ceremonies which are always fun. Now, I warn mm -hmm. you, we are giving away an appearance on the show as one of the prizes. So if you win that in the spirit of community, maybe give that away to somebody else since you're doing it right now. But it's up, totally sure. up to you. <laughs> no, I'm all about being part of the uh, the good side of the community, which is pretty much every side. So tell <laughs> us, before we go, where can people find you if they want to hire you? My website is um, D2Voice, which is really for D-squared voiceover, uh, because my name is being Dan Delgado. So D-squared. And, you know, my books are available on Audible. I do have romance titles under a pseudonym, but if uh, anybody wants to know that, they can contact me through dan at d2voice.com because there's a reason why it's a pseudonym. <laughs> yeah, I do that as well. No shame in that game. <laughs> All right, Dan, well, thanks for being here and looking forward to seeing you at the rest of the conference. Hey, Paul, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you later on, too. Thanks a lot. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the VO Meter post Mini Mavo 2020, and I'm here with Steve Grumbach, a New Jersey-based voiceover talent who's been to just about all the conferences except maybe one. Steve, how are you this morning? Very good, and how are you, Paul? I'm okay. A little tired. It was a long weekend, jam-packed with information, but I'm hanging in there. Yeah, I'm amazed. I'm exhausted. I can only imagine how power feels. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, what was your favorite part of Mini Mavo 2020? I just love the way they were able to do so much in a virtual environment. I mean, all of the speakers um, made it very, very personal, and I think that's hard to do. In fact, the uh, panels seemed more personal than they would have been in person uh, because you were right up there and close on the screen. So um, the demo panel, for example, you know, you were really talking to the people. Same with the animation panel. Whereas if you were in a big room, you kind of just heard it, but you really felt a lot more intimate connection this way. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I remember the panel last year, or sorry, two years ago, and I was at the back of the room just because I think I was late. I was gathering up a bunch of my microphones and recording equipment because we were doing this again in 2018. So I was in the very back of the room, and I felt so far away when um, Kari Walgren was speaking. But yeah, you're exactly right. This time, Eric and Meg's faces were right in front of me. <laughs> So how do you think it, it was different and what were maybe some positives of the, you mentioned one about being up close. What other differences were there between the in-person event and the virtual event? Um, the breakout session, the first night breakout session, when we were asking just relative questions about each other, um, I thought that was a great way to get to know people um, as an icebreaker that in person, again, would have been on a bigger scale. And here there were five people in the room, maybe. Um, and you were able to form an intimate connection, again, even though you're not in the halls with the people. Yeah, that's true. I, I really like that as well. I met some, I probably met more people individually than I would have in person at the event. Yeah, and um, the fact that there was so much content and people weren't forced to go into so many breakout rooms. So everything was general, um, and you got to hear people's feelings on so many different parts of the industry. Yeah, absolutely. So now that it's all over, what's your biggest takeaway or something you're going to put into action right away? Well, one of the takeaways was from J. Michael's uh, the commercial delivery for the 20s. I haven't done a lot of uh, commercial work. And just hearing all the different ways uh, commercial delivery has changed, I think some of them lend themselves to my voice more than they might have in the past. 
So one of the things I'm going to look into is updating some demos um, to get into that genre. I'm also going to explore some other genres I didn't really consider because of the fact that I might not have gone to a typical breakout room for some of them, uh, but because they were um, available here, um, I did it. Some of those, for example, are um, the imaging. I didn't think I had the voice for imaging, but hearing some of the things that people were talking about, about what imaging is now and snarky and things like that, which I love to do, it, it may be an area I may explore that I never thought of. Yeah, I actually have a demo done by AJ on, on imaging, and it's just basically all snark. It's <laughs> part of my tagline, actually, is snarky. So, yeah, I we, saw that when you um, when you sent uh, some information. Yeah, we just went full throttle with snarky, and it's worked out well. Well, Steve, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed your time at Mini Mavo. As always, Val does a great job. Thanks for being here this morning. Before we go, how can people find you if they want to work with you? Sure, um, at sgvoiceovers.com. Uh, all the information is there, and I'll be glad to uh, meet with folks. All right, Steve, take care, and we'll see you hopefully in person next year. Absolutely, Paul. Thanks so much for the time. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the VO Meter. We're now live with Jessica Cooney, who was the winner of the coveted grand prize from the uh, from the closing ceremonies of being a guest on the VO Meter podcast. little sarcasm there, of course. Uh, Jessica is a New York-based voiceover talent and uh, is going to tell us a little bit about her career and what she's looking forward to in the near future. So, Jessica, welcome. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. We are too. So tell okay. us about yourself. How did you get your start in the VO? So, you know, it was always, I was always told you have such a great voice, you know, and, and people hear that a lot. And I never knew that voiceover was an actual thing, you know. And um, one day I was going through online and I saw a class, um, an advert for an investigate your voice class from Edge Studio. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go for it and give it a try. And that was in 2018. I went for the class. Um, I got the green light and then I froze. I got scared and I did nothing with it <laughs> um, until this year, actually, that, you know, with all this COVID-19, I'm in the healthcare field and being in the middle of everything that was going on. I said, you know what? It's now or never. And I just decided to just dive in and start taking classes and seeing where this will go. Well, that's great. I actually had a very similar experience. I started at Edge Studio as well. I did the oh. the investigate your voiceover thing remotely. Did you do it in person or remotely? I did it in person. I did it in person. Yeah, that's see, I would crazy. have liked I to. I also did it remotely. Oh, you did too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I did yeah. their, whole, their whole program and was off to the races after that. So kudos to Edge Studio. Yeah, big shout out to Edge. <laughs> so I understand you're a bit of a fan of the podcast. Is that true? And if so, how did you find out about it? Yes. Yeah, so I actually, um, I started taking classes in June. And so of course I started diving into any group I could join. And then I saw, um, an email about one voice USA ah. and I said, well, this is, this is interesting. You know, it's a conference and you know, I have social anxiety. I get nervous. So I was like, virtually this is going to be great. So let me try it. And that's how I found out about you guys. And actually we had a few breakout rooms together. And during the social sessions, and that's when I started following you guys and listening to the podcast. Wow, so marketing works. <laughs> I know, right? We Big time, an, yeah. <laughs> we made an honest, genuine connection. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. So, uh, Jessica, what areas of VO are you working in now, and which would you like to pursue? So, at the moment, I'm still training. 
So I'm not doing any work per se. I'm just doing a lot of training. Um, I am looking, my first demo is going to be a commercial demo, but I am very interested in e-learning and narration. So that's something I think I'm going to definitely be pursuing because I like the whole aspect of that. Mm -hmm. Your medical background, I mean, you'd definitely be tailor-made for that. Yeah, yeah. So it's something I definitely want to look into. And commercials, because they just seem to be something I would enjoy as well. Yeah, I was going to make the same point. Having the medical background, there is a lucrative market out there for medical narration. I myself am the voice of a medical YouTube channel. And it's, it's really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. And, and, you know, but some, you know, of course, either you know, like some of the words and I have an accent. So these are things I really have to work on. <laughs> well, but, you know, it's a process. Have you gotten to our episode yet on uh, foreign language uh, voiceover with Christina Milizia and Christian Lands? No, I have not. And who else was on that? Sophia Cruz, too? Wasn't she on that? So it's a, it's a group talk we had with several um, Hispanic and Latino voiceover artists. And one of the takeaways was that you may not need to lose your accent. In fact, in a lot of cases, companies are looking for people with a specific accent and not even okay. just not even just Spanish speaking, but specific dialects of Spanish speaking. So it's not okay just to have general. I mean, you can use that. You can have a general Spanish accent, but you also want to be able to narrow narrow in a specific dialect, whether it be Puerto Rico or Cuba or Argentina, whatever it may be. Whatever you have, don't lose that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so anyone looking for a Puerto Rican girl from the Bronx, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You hear us, Pfizer? But anyways. <laughs> so let's talk about Mavo, which is the reason we're together here, because you were that, that prize winner for the, for the podcast appearance. Really? I know this wasn't your first VO conference, but what did you think of Mavo and, and its, its uh, presentation this year? So I, I love the fact that it was virtual. And it was my first Mavo conference, my third overall conference um, for VO. I, I loved how Val Kelly, you could tell she put a, there was a lot of labor of love into this. And she did a fantastic job with the presenters and the way that she scheduled everything. And it was accessible. And unfortunately, even though I was sick um, during this, I love the fact that I can go back and see all the panels that I did miss. You know, I think that the presenters that she had overall were fantastic. There was so much information and, and it was just, it was a great experience. It really was. What were some of your favorite talks at the conference, either that you watched during it or after the fact? So I, I missed a few, which I hopefully will be able to, um, you know, once she puts them up and reattendance, I can watch them. But overall, they, there were so many. I loved um, listening to Bridget Real. This is the second time that I've heard her speak, um, and she was fantastic. So Sunday Muse, um, listening to her speak, and then she had us uh, chanting as a group, which is not something I've ever done before. So that experience was surreal, honestly, and it was a wonderful experience. And to be able to do it in a group of people I've never met before, it was it was just a really awesome experience. Um, listening to Liz de Nesnera discussing the telephony, was was great for me. Uh, Steve Maraboli with the motivation talk was fantastic. Um, what else? It was just so much. Mark Scott, I got to listen to his speak, uh, talk about marketing and business, which is amazing. Um, just overall, everyone, because there's so much information to be to be gathered from from everyone who speaks in the panels, you know, and that's you know, especially for someone who's coming in new. It's just a fantastic experience overall. 
That's great. Did you see today Val is is released a t-shirt that says Unass the Couch from Steve? Yes, from I saw it and I'm like, okay, that's definitely going in my cart and I have to get it. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. I love it. I don't know if he created that or if Val created it, but either way, it's great. It, it's overall, it was fantastic. Unass the Couch. I love it. I love it. So as you know from listening to some of the, the podcast episodes, or hopefully as you know, Sean and I started this very much to give advice as we were moving along early in our career. So as you've advanced and done some training and are about to hang your shingle, so to speak, what's some advice you'd give to someone who's just starting out? So, you know, it's, it's my perception when I first started was I'm going to take a few coaching classes, I'm gonna record my demo, and I'm gonna hit the ground running and I'm gonna be doing this full-time within six months. That was my perception. The reality is, you know, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. So the training is important. I have to look at this as a business owner before anything else. You know, you're a creative person because as a voiceover artist, we are creatives, but we're business owners. And I think that the most important thing is to establish that foundation as a business. Get your training, learn your equipment, um, get your branding and your, and your website up and running and set that foundation while you're training so that when you are ready to go and you have your first demo, then you can really start you know, actively getting out there and doing what you have to do. But I think the most important thing is, 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 is establishing that foundation as a business. Brilliant. Learn before you earn, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you hit those conferences at exactly the right time because I heard verbatim some of the things that some of the speakers said <laughs> coming out of your mouth. And that's great because you, you have learned uh, you've learned well, young Padawan, and it should, it should serve you well <laughs> in your you, future. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and that's important that, you know, people just coming into this, they really, they really grasp that and understand it, you know, and, and apply it. Thank you so much for joining us, Jessica. We're so happy to have you on the podcast, and we're so happy you won. So if people want to get a hold of you, either to hire you as a voice talent or to just talk about your Mavo experience, how can they do that? So right now I'm still working on the website. So they can email me at jcooneyvo at gmail.com, or um, they can check me out on my Instagram, which is also jcooneyvo. All right, Jessica, thanks for being here. Congratulations again on your big win and hope Thank to see you, big things from you in the future. Thank you very much to both of you. Thank you. How many times does this happen to you? You're listening to the radio when this commercial comes on. Not unlike this one. And this guy starts talking. Not unlike myself. Or maybe it's a woman that starts talking. Not unlike myself. And you think to yourself, geez, I could do that. Well, mister, well, missy, you just got one step closer to realizing your dream as a voiceover artist. Because now there's Global Voice Acting Academy. All the tools and straight-from-the-hip, honest information you need to get on a fast track to doing this commercial yourself. Well, not this one exactly. Classes, private coaching, webinars, home studio setup, marketing and branding help, members-only benefits like workouts, rate and negotiation advice, practice scripts, and more. All without the kind of hype you're listening to right now. Go ahead, take our jobs from us. We dare you. Speak for yourself, buddy. I like what I do. And you will, too, when you're learning your craft at Global Voice Acting Academy. Find us at globalvoiceacademy.com. Because you like to have fun.
Walgreens because it's flu season and you live in a place with doorknobs and handrails and, you know, people. We tried booking a vacation rental on one of those other websites. They don't always tell you everything. The stars take it to the red carpet. We are back live from the red carpet. California leads the way for change in America and so does Kamala Harris. Rated M for Mature. Claire Redfield. And who exactly are you? So, yeah, what hashtag should I use to describe a grown man in a tuxedo wrestling a goat? And prior to 1933, many of them belonged to a variety of political parties that were now outlawed in Germany. This is the story of how Q got curly. Quinn was crazy about curls. Curly fries, curly straws, curly-haired dogs. Hey, Jay Michael here. Thanks for listening to the VO Meter podcast. It's one of my favorites. If you're looking for a great demo like the ones you just heard, check out jmcdemos.com for more information. And we're back. Thank you so much to all of our volunteers who met with us during the conference to share your experience. As you can see, a lot of people got a lot out of this conference. And in case you haven't gotten the idea, you might be interested in joining a conference like this at some point in your VO career. But yeah, as you heard from the attendees, including the mini Mavo winner, Jessica Cooney, there's so much validation and so much empowering information coming from this experience. So... If for those reasons alone, I think you should definitely consider going to some kind of conference, if not annually, at some point in your career, especially now that they seem to be moving to this hybrid digital model. And Mavel will be back in some form in 2021, around the same time, October, mid-October slash November. So we look forward to seeing you then, hopefully in Herndon, Virginia, but if not, online or some combination thereof. Thanks again so much to Val and the rest of your team. And that pretty much wraps up this episode of the VO Meter. Measuring your voice over progress. Coming up next, we have prolific audiobook narrator PJ Oakland. He's got a lot to say about training, being a child actor, about how to be excellent with accents. And it was a blast having him on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VO Meter. To follow along, visit us at www.vometer.com. We'd also love to hear your comments or suggestions for the show. Or if you have a questionable gear purchase, tell us all about it on our Facebook page or on Twitter at the VO Meter. 